Hey, what's up, everybody? CFB Dynasty Podcast. Brian McElfresh here with Zach Tao. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing awesome. How are you, man? Good. How's the weather in uh, Memphis? Um, actually, it's cold. Like it was 75 degrees a week ago, and now I think it's 45. Just like we had a cold front, and now it's going to be cold for a couple of days, and then it'll get warm again. Yeah, somewhere in the So we, it's like uh, here in uh, I'm in Central Florida here in Ocala. We got some tornadoes last weekend. It was kind of weird, but um, whatever. Yeah, I was All down right. your way a couple weeks ago. Yes, the players. Yeah. Yeah, there was a ton of rain that weekend too. I know, rough, but, but it worked out. Yeah. So tonight we're focused on running backs, and we're gonna go over the top fifty. These are live on the site, so if you're not quite up to date, you can always be up to date with uh, our content by just scrolling quickly to the bottom, and you can add uh, your email. And we'll send it out to you in newsletters that are random and not automated. So, um, you know, every couple weeks or so, we'll keep everything up to date. But we're posting mock drafts, a couple hosted by Jared Palmgren um, from Campus to Canton and um, Chasing the Natty podcast. But, uh, yes, these, these are being posted now. And we'll certainly have plenty of people who can take a look at those mocks as we get them posted I have this super sexy version that is just not going to be able to continue because it just takes too long to produce. So we'll be pumping them out. I've got like five or six in the backlog, and I'm also in the middle of uh, one of Jared's podcasts or uh, mock drafts. Um, A couple other things that we've posted. We posted our top 50 quarterbacks and – we also posted the, all the spring game dates uh, and practice dates for every college football team. So that is live on the site. And then if you missed it, not too long before that, the top 500 uh, receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, um, dating back to 1980. We built the data for fantasy football, put that in there, and um, that's all, all good content and fun stuff to put together. So um, I'm uh, at home today, not at the office where I have a better backdrop. So I picked a ridiculous hat instead. (laughs) 1996 uh, championship hat from uh, Florida's first title. It's a good Um, shape. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Um, I think I've worn it like three times. (laughs) You busted out for the pod. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. All right. So um, let's get to it. We'll go over the the top 50, starting at the bottom, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Let me share my screen here so everyone watching live can kind of see it. Um, who stands out to you here on the bottom? And, and we won't go through everybody because last time we kind of went think over an hour on quarterbacks so we'll (laughs) we'll, uh pick out some players that we like and kind of go through it but the feedback that you guys can provide would be great here or on youtube but definitely subscribers help um if you can subscribe on youtube yeah i i like merriweather and if you are watching this listening to us um you've heard us talk about him on the btr pod the burning redshirt podcast so he is a guy that you 
can count on. I know he plays for UMass, and UMass is not known for winning games very often. But he is the, is their workhorse, man. Like, I think if you can get him later in your drafts, like as your like fourth, fifth running back, like I, I think that's awesome. I think he's going to be the UMass scares people. Like from taking it, you know what I mean? Like people get the, the guys off the bad teams, but like UMass is just usually so bad that people are like, eh, maybe I don't, maybe I don't even touch him. Um, but I think Merriweather is just awesome. And if you, and if you're really a true degenerate, you know, Merriweather's good, <laughs> but like just the casual person may not really know that he's really that good. And um, I don't know exactly where he's going in terms of, mock drafts, but I, I assure you he's being taken pretty, probably middle of the pack somewhere, which I think is good. Um, I like Tajay Spears from Love Tulane. Tajay Spears, yeah. What a um, dynamic. I, I've, I've got him in Dynasty. I had him a couple years ago, and he got that big knee injury. I believe it was a knee injury. I think it was a knee injury. Anyway, he missed pretty much all of last year, right? Like, it was kind of... Kind of I know he had an injury plagued season maybe it was two years ago i'm the whole covid years have kind of like really jumbled things together i just know the injury took him out but now i think he's ready to really take that job and uh, flourish um as far as anybody else ducker see memphis is so hard to um to really gauge where they are um their running back coach just went to tcu a couple weeks ago. I don't know if that really means a whole lot, but they have three or four backs on that team that any one of them could start. Um, Ducker's nice because, you know, from Northern Illinois and everything and goes to a place where it's uh, Memphis where they got a lot of talent. But and what about you? Are you like any of these guys on, that you – So, Tajay Spears I love very much. So, um, one guy that I have not seen in any – of the mock drafts like taken or, or given any kind of consideration that I absolutely love is Chase Brown. Uh, mm. You know, the, the Brett Bielema offense, you know, he's, he's going to run the ball and Chase Brown, um, they, they kind of danced around in terms of who they were going to start. He ended up winning the job. And uh, if that's a job he can keep, he's going to get 20 plus touches a game. And um, the backup's really good too, but he's he's a, a year or two younger, and he'll be the next man up for Illinois. Um, and he'll get some touches this year too. But yeah, I love Spears and, and Brown out of this. Um, not sure if I'm gonna pronounce his name right, but yeah, Ducker from Memphis. So I just decided to skip the first noun or first name. <laughs> um, is he gonna win the job? I mean, we like to assume so, but I don't. I don't know. I, I haven't really dived into them um, to really take a look at it. I just know that I saw it was, it was last week because I think I texted you when you were talking about Memphis running backs, and I said, "Yeah, the running back coach got poached by TCU," and that was like a headline across my Twitter feed, and I feel like. I feel like that's a big deal, but I don't know how much how much that really matters. 
Yeah. Well, everybody kind of has a clean slate now with the new coach. And mm-hmm. um, I, I, so in my like dynasty league, so that's a college to pro league. Um, I, I took Brandon Thomas, but one yeah, of our rules, and you just talked about this on BTR pod, like how, what are the, some of the rules? I think Jared actually sent this question to you guys. What are some of the rules that you use or different rules? Mm-hmm. One of one, uh, my home league, is they only we only allow three uh red shirt or pickups three free agent pickups per season um and three drops is all you're allowed and that does make it difficult so you really have to think hard about who you're gonna pick up and i felt so good about brandon thomas and then he had the one game where he fumbled and went in the doghouse and was just never the same again like (laughs) but he beat out some good talent like uh asa martin's there mm-hmm. super talented another running back i was surprised when brandon thomas beat him out but yeah rodriguez clark yep. like, I, mean, they've, I mean they've got a lot of talent on that roster um at the time and kylan watkins he fell down the depth chart but like yeah. he was expected to contribute yep. and brandon thomas really kind of took hold of it but now with ducker there what happens is that like a running back by committee or do they lean on one guy and who the best man gets the job? I don't know. I haven't looked too much into Memphis. Um, I'm more concerned about the wide receivers there, but (laughs) we'll get to that (laughs) on another, another episode. So a couple guys here. So with sincere McCormick gone, uh, seemingly finally he's been there forever. One of those guys, um, Ty Edwards comes in as a Juco guy and um, it'll be super interesting. He's already got some good praise by the the coaching staff there at UTSA. Um, And then another guy that. That that job's begging for somebody to take. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And he, and these rankings, by the way, y'all are going to be a work in progress. These that are live here, I'm not going to be changing them, but any, subscribers you know as we get closer to the summer we'll have like really deep rankings and these will be changing as we learn new things like uh potentially with kendall milton so with um mac kenny mcintosh there too at georgia but you know they've got the talent they've got stetson bennett who's going to run it some again but um kendall milton is a baller like he's a beast he can do it all and i think like I was worried about him, um, you know, owning Samir White and seeing how many carries he got early on last year. I think he could be a breakout star potentially if he gets the touches. And hey, mm-hmm. Kenny McIntosh can still win that job. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to read it on the screen here. All right. Isaiah Bowser, I think. A lot of big things out of him. UCF's always kind of known for the explosive offense. Um, but I think Malzahn, he wants to use – he wants to run the ball. And Bowser could really thrive. Like we have him at 32. Like he could end up being a top 20 back. Totally. Easily. Yep. Um, I like Bowser. And it's funny. Like I remember when he was – he was at Northwestern, right? And then he transferred. Okay. Yeah. I'm making sure I've got it right. Yeah. So I remember, I think I bid a lot of money. We, we do free agent bidding in our 
you're in the dynasty league, you know. Yeah. So like you get a hundred dollars for the season, and then like most people will spend all their money on like two or three names. Um, I think I threw all my money on him, and I still didn't get him, and I was so <laughs> devastated. I was like, I want this guy. Like he's gonna be awesome. This was before he transferred too. So this was he was at Northwestern, and man, I, I wish I had him now. Yeah. I kind of have the opposite story of one of those guys. We always have those guys that we miss in the draft mm. and it's super disappointing, but Chris Smith is someone that I wanted so mm. bad going into in my home league. And then someone snagged him around before I was going to take him and he just didn't produce that much. And then you've got Billy Napier uh, leaving there now. So there's a lot of moving parts with uh, yeah. the raging Cajuns, but he is a, He's, he's super fast, um, and they've got a lot of you know, good pieces there left over from yeah. Billy Napier kind of recruiting above what the Sun Belt, what the rest of the Sun Belt was recruiting. So I think there's still going to be some residual effect there where Chris Smith could have a big year. He could also fall in our rankings depending on what we read and see yeah. in the offseason. Um, Mims is at the top there at 30. Um He's back again for Fresno. Fresno's going to be – I think Fresno's going to be really good. Um, Rivers is gone, right? Yep. Okay, so uh, – I believe so, yeah. I, I think he's gone. So those two guys basically shared almost 50-50 the, the workload. So if – I mean, maybe they want to implement that again, but I don't know that you're going to have a true one-two punch. I think – I think yeah, Mims. Will, I think Mims will get seventy thirty at minimum. Um, yeah, and I think he, he could be really a lot good. higher. Yeah, yeah. So Another guy that, that I was so disappointed in. Um, oh no, I forgot his name just now. Uh, from Wisconsin, transferred over to Michigan State. Berger. Um, yeah, Jalen Berger. Yeah. I was super. This this was one of our biggest mistakes last year. Was ranking him so high. And uh, I feel terrible about it. And then he he just didn't win that job. And now yeah. they've got a new new guy taking over for the guy that took over for Burger. But it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see how um, the carry well, Broussard, Broussard and yep. Burger. Yeah, yeah. That'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Yeah, the assumption is Broussard right now, just because I was burned by Burger. I mean, <laughs> um, is there a particular? We'll I haven't. I, I haven't really been diving into any of these individual teams i'm just wondering like why him so much more than burger is it just because we've seen broussard play i think yeah the experience (laughs) factor is there um from what i read it sounded like jalen burger needed to grow up some on Mm. the the maturity side of things Uh, and how he handled not winning that job but i i think under the new staff there, I think he's going to do just fine. It's yeah, And he could, Berger could win that job, but that's definitely one to follow because that's a good mm-hmm. running back position battle. Um, and it's one that I like, Coastal Carolina. Yeah. Oh, they, Andrew. They spread Andrew's it around so over much. Though. Bennett, man. Yeah. Yeah, he's only got three running backs on his roster. Bennett, Bennett's one of them. <laughs> um, Valaday is another one we all like. Um, loved him at Wyoming, but now he's taking over an Arizona State backfield. And look, I don't know what that team's going to look like as a whole, but I feel like Valaday 
is he's got to be their best player at this point <laughs> with with Daniels leaving, right? Yep. So, uh, Mangum, Mangum's a guy I've been drafting. I think I've done two or three drafts, and he's I think I've grabbed him all in every one of them. Love Mangum. Or or if I haven't grabbed him, like I was queued up to grab him and somebody stole him from me. But yeah, it's a good one. Um, all right. So how do you feel about Gray in Oklahoma? So many moving parts. I guess it's kind of hard to say. Uh, when he left Tennessee. Um so yeah, I am a little I'm not I wouldn't say I, I I'm biased towards certain players and and rankings but i'm definitely biased towards watching sec football whenever i can i've always got multiple tvs going and i'm trying to watch everyone around the country here but um man when he left tennessee for oklahoma i thought he was gonna be a amazing producer um there but just didn't pan out but maybe comes to fruition this year well, I, I, there are a lot of moving parts, and this is another topic we've talked about on the other podcasts. And it's like, we don't, what does Oklahoma look like moving forward? Like, going from Lincoln Riley to Venables just seems like it's, it, I don't think he's going to put the, the Clemson offense in because he's a defensive coordinator. So, which is the trend of Big 12 right now. Like, you've got, all kinds yeah. of defensive coaches coming in there. It's interesting. Yeah. My discord is like blowing up right now. Sorry. I'm trying to <laughs> like, why is this doing this? Um, um, I, I'm going to close it. Does that help? <laughs> no, it doesn't. All right. So, sorry. So, but as far as Oklahoma goes, like, I don't know. I really don't know. I think um venables I, venables stayed stayed at clemson for a long time and i remember they did an interview with him a couple of years ago they said why don't you take a head coaching job and he's like why I, I love where i'm at you know but a team like oklahoma it seems like a huge jump does it not like it seems like yeah he was a top five defensive coordinator i would say and usually those guys go and get a job like uh like Kentucky or something. You would have probably said the same about Sam Pittman though, which I would yeah. have too. I would have too, but there's potential. And but, but Arkansas isn't Oklahoma. It's Arkansas right. is a big job. It's in the right. SEC. I get it, but it's not the cachet of Oklahoma. Oklahoma yeah, is playoff or bust, right? There's the vision there of it working out both ways where recruiting mm-hmm. just takes a dip and they start getting less players out of Texas and more of those players start going to Sarkeesian. Yeah. I could see it playing out that way, but he's also potentially a good culture fit and mm-hmm. it could work out Yeah, with a, a weird shift to defense there in the big 12. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that they just don't aren't any good on offense. I don't think that's, that's not what I was trying to get at. Yeah, I just, no. like when you go from Bob Stoops to Lincoln Riley to now your Venables. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know what his offensive identity is. And uh, he's obviously, I'm trying to think, who is his offensive coordinator? Oh, let me pull that up. I'm um, just blanking. I had it in my head. Who, who is it? Webby. Okay. From, so uh, yeah, it came over from Ole Miss. 
Yeah, that will be kind of nice. Mm-hmm. But how much does Venables just say, look, I'm going to take control of the defense, do what you do on offense. Like, I feel like that would be the smart thing to do. Uh, and Venables seems like a pretty smart guy. Um, <laughs> all right, so we're getting into the top 20, 20 top 25 here on the screen. Um, and now it's Ooh. all about it's all about value, right? Um, and drafting. That's, that's the word we so, like, value. Yeah, so looking oh. at like last year's tiers and um i'll share this tab instead for a quick second um this is last year's data and you can see so obviously muhammad ibrahim there with uh the one game that he played uh had the the most points per game so yeah that's one error in the data but most of these guys other than cj verdell there you know they they had over 100 fantasy points um and played a lot of games. So the average for the tier one last year, and it typically plays out pretty similarly, um, 25 points per game from a round or a top 12 running back. And it drops pretty substantially five points um, to tier two. And Hmm. then tier three, 17, and then it gets pretty muddy after that. Like right. if you don't land, if you if you can land a couple of those guys who will fall into tier one, it's extremely important to nail these picks. So we're getting into uh, the bulk of the value. But I do think some of the guys that we've talked about already, they're going to make some strides. Um, and if you can get that sleeper, as yeah. we like to talk about, um, that can play a big role. Uh, Sean Tucker. So he's one that I don't like as much as, as most people. He, not as an individual player, he's a baller. He killed it as a freshman, 25 fantasy points per game. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to get anywhere near that this year. Um, and that's, yeah, all, that's all in the coaching change. If you look at the history of the, the new coach that came in, kind of pairing him with what Dino Babers historically has been, is a pass happy kind of guy. Tucker's going to get his touches, but I don't think it's going to be anywhere close to what it was last year. I said this, I believe I said this in the burning red shirt that what if Tucker's value increases heavily in the passing game? Whereas like, you know, he had his numbers running the ball last year, but like what if he sees a big uptick there? And like he had, yeah, almost fifteen hundred yards rushing. I'm looking at it right now. But like receiving, he only had twenty receptions. Yeah. Let's just say, well, who says he doesn't catch fifty balls this year, and completely revitalizes the passing attack for them? Yeah, I should have had that data ready. I, I should have known that comment well, was coming. But yeah, that it could happen. Um, but like, I'm just looking at their their passing attack last season. They only completed 156 passes the whole year. Now, partially because he ran the ball 250 times and Schrader ran it 173. So between the two of them, they had over 400 carries, right? So I would like to think the passing attack is going to pick up, but I think Tucker's going to be a huge part of that. So I, I could see where his, he doesn't move much in terms of, ranking 
because yeah, he may not rush for 1500 yards. I don't know that that's reasonable to even think he will, but like, let's say he rushes for a thousand and has 700 receiving yards. Yep. Like what's, you know, it's not any different than what he's got now. Not 700 seems a little high, but you get where I'm, I'm going with it. Like he could, he could be a <laughs> dual threat running back, if you will. So I'm quickly just pulling mm-hmm. up um, some of the stats from Dino when he was at Bowling Green. Um, and yeah, running backs really capped the one capped out Travis Green at 27 receptions. Um, but he did, you know, he got plenty of uh, carries in that mm-hmm. offense. So, I mean, it's, it's, to be seen uh, that's one where it's it's a risk that's why he's down the board because i don't think it's great value it's there's a lot of change that could risk his production so that's why he's mm-hmm. down on our list um, yeah next to a guy jaquavius marks who gets a ton of catches um and is a pretty productive that's kind of my point too. like not saying it's the exact same offense but you know he gets a ton of catches but why tucker could follow kind of in that that mold yep but anyway all right Jalen Knighton um love him as a player um another new coaching staff new coaching staff Mm -hmm. is like the theme of the offseason and new you know players uh, especially in March transferring through the portal (laughs) it's just nuts and yeah there's going to be plenty more after uh spring games and and people wish they had a few more snaps but yeah jalen knighton um he's electric um he's uh not as big so you could have the concern on goal line carries and he was one of the the only healthy backs last year for miami so we'll see how that kind of potentially spreads out but i think um i think knighton is in a great spot there at 20. oh yeah for sure he had eight touchdowns last year yeah (laughs) Yeah. And he, I mean, only 145 carries. So I think um, that'd be, yep. Travis Dye for USC and really um, whoever wins that job, uh, we assume it's going to be Travis Dye, but they also yeah. have the transfer from a year ago from TCU. Um, and uh, let me see. So I've been working on the depth charts by the way here zach oh. so um, oh the one i made the one I yes posted? yes oh. um i haven't so looked at that in a while i've done usc so yeah travis die austin jones who i forgot transferred over from stanford, stanford? and darwin barlow and then relique brown the five star coming in man that at, whole uh, team is a complete crapshoot right is. now right now today like i it, and well, they've already talked about rotating receivers playing eight a game. Yeah, um, it's a bunch of talent and a high-powered offense, and some people are going to win big, and some people are just going to hate yeah. themselves for potentially taking whatever a Gary Bryant Jr. in the second or third or fourth round. Yeah. Um, but in those offenses, like his Oklahoma offenses, it's all about getting that wide receiver one. And this is kind of obvious, but I don't know. Sometimes in those offenses, you think of, oh, well, wide receiver two is, is going to do really well. But it's it's really not the case 
most of the time. And it's that case for sure with running backs where if die wins the job and stays healthy, he'll get the majority of the touches. I love Relique Brown. I kind of wish he had an, uh, an opportunity. Uh, he will get on the field, but I wish he had an opportunity to play mm. somewhere else, somewhere early. Um, but three proven guys, all that have, um, you know, experience in front of him. Um, who else, anyone else stand out to you there in that 13 to, to 18 range? Um, Ibrahim. Is he not like the biggest yeah. wild card in the totally. whole ranking? Yeah. Like he, he was the tier one, number one, right? Like going into last year, gets hurt the first game and absolutely devastating. Yep. Now he's at 14 in the rankings, which is still pretty good, but who knows? Who knows where he, he really ends up? He could end up being a top 10 back again. Or yeah, and I think he's is an average player. I think so. He's one of those guys where you kind of have to not necessarily handcuff him. That's not the right word, but you've got to have multiple running backs there that you can start because the Achilles tear is a, a year-long recovery period normally. Luckily for him, he was hurt in week one. Um, yeah. So he's got that going for him for sure. And honestly, that's a tough injury for a running back. Yeah, it really, really is. I mean, Akers, um, Akers is a – I don't know if you guys know, Cam Akers tore his Achilles for the Rams this year, and he came back in, what, like three months or whatever that game was. It's ridiculous. It was stupid. I was like, nervous watching him, but yeah. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how he recovered from a torn Achilles in – I don't know the exact time, but it was yeah. like two months ahead of schedule. Yeah. And that seems pretty freakish. And you know, with Ibrahim, he's looking at that NFL money. He knows yeah. he's got to show out this year and show he's healthy. That's but the I thing think about it. By midseason and definitely by the fantasy playoffs, he's probably going to be producing like a an RB1. Mm-hmm. So if you get him at yeah. the right value, if you can get him in round, you know, as like RB three, you're golden. If you can get him as an RB two, mm-hmm. then you should get your RB three pretty quickly after that. Yeah, it's just tough. Like, how do they? I mean, they they, they were forced into learning what they had last yep. year, and they they had a pretty good stable of running backs, and they still do. Yep. So why force Ibrahim to play all that much? It, that's the concern I would have. Like they they got Thomas Irving Potts. Like I'm looking at the the, the stats and I'm like they all there's like a three way split. And you bring Ibrahim into the mix, yeah, I guess he's the the senior, you know, can pull rank on him or whatever. But like, <laughs> but why would you run him into the ground? You you know he's coming back from an Achilles tear. Why would we give this guy 30 carries a game? That seems stupid. That's just the way I'm looking at it. Like. Uh- if, if I'm in the position to draft him, I I would probably wait and see if he's there the next round. Yep. Because I, I don't think I'm ever going to reach for him because I feel like what, what if he's the third option realistically? And they say, you know what? We'll just rotate three guys, four guys even. Yeah. I mean, I, I would hate that. Like you grab him as your number two running back and he's really a, 10 point per game guy and that would that would suck 
totally. Um, another guy, and I've seen some AM writers, I think, talk about a chain for Heisman kind of thing. And hey, you uh-huh. never know. You never know. It's it's unlikely, yeah. but Spiller's off to the NFL, so he vacates 1,200 yards, seven touchdowns, and A-Chain is another guy with elite speed, amazing pass-catching ability. Yeah. Um, and You know what I compare him the, to? Yeah, who's that? Like, when you say, like, Heisman campaign, like, going into the season, there's all this hype about this guy. DeAnthony Thomas. Oh, he was amazing. Like, he was so electric that he could break a game open – Kick, kick return, punt return on sweeps. You know, he was kind of the do it all kind of guy. Is he not the same kind of player? He's five nine, one. I think he's like one eighty or so. Like he, I mean, obviously he's more talented. I think than maybe D'Anthony Thomas was even. But I don't know D'Anthony Thomas. Yeah, he was electric, was but but I feel like he really was all speed. Yep. Whereas I think A Chain might be a little bit more than just speed. Yeah. And, you know, just as a backup last year, 900 yards and nine touchdowns. Um, I do have concern, though, with his size, like you mentioned, his size. LJ Johnson, uh, the the freshman. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he was a true freshman last year. I think he's going to be a redshirt freshman this year. Yeah. Um, I think he could end up getting the goal line carries. And if he does, uh, that certainly can hurt fantasy value. But A-chain... Well, uh, right where he is now, I think is totally I mean, great. Look at his numbers. He still he had 900 rushing yards, nine touchdowns, 261 receiving yards and a touchdown, yep. and 300 yards on kick returns and a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I look at him. If if you if your league does kick return stuff, like that's always like a bonus. You don't ever yep. count on it, but when you get it. It's great. So I'm I'm definitely sticking to my D'Anthony Thomas comparison <laughs> that's my i like it it's the flag i'm planning i like it and um AM's gonna be an interesting one that's one where uh i was there the first game johnny manzel was there uh their first game in oh. the sec i'm gonna try and make that road trip florida's playing at a and m conversation nice. was fun people were super nice um definitely gonna try and make it out to that are one you gonna drive it Probably fly this time. <laughs> I was about to say that's a long from drive. Central Florida. It's a long drive. New so Orleans is about Memphis. nine hours. It's like in the middle, um, but it's a it's a pretty boring drive. Other like than from heat from there. How far do you say it is? Um, I can't remember. It's it's definitely a two day driving trip. I was gonna say because uh, from here to where you are is like nine or ten hours. Yeah, yeah, it's nine hours. I think just to New Orleans from here. Um, yeah. And then it's another however many hours to college station. Mm. Um, Jameer Gibbs, Woo. he's been already getting the love from. He Saban. could be a top five back. Totally. I I I still think that they lean more on the run this year than they had in the last few years. I know they have Bryce Young. I I just feel like you have some question at receiver. Now I know you got Burton that came in. Love. And- and, love, I, and I know I love been, Burton. Um, Burton's great. Brooks is fine. You know, they got all these talented freshmen, but they don't really have like Jam- uh, Jameson Williams and Mechie were like one, two. There was not really a third. It was those two guys. And then when Mechie went down, they had to figure out another option. And then, yeah. you know, 
in the title game, you know, or they had lost both of the guys. So now you have just guys you're just throwing out there. But I think what they realized as they got later into the season, especially when Mechie went down, was Brian Robinson isn't that bad as a running back. Let's hand him the ball and let's get back to Alabama football of the past. We have five-star after five-star after five-star sitting in our backfield. And now in this particular case, you have Jameer Gibbs behind that offensive line. Like, I think he could have a monster season mm-hmm. for totally. Alabama. I mean, Gibbs is amazing. Yeah. I, I could see that happening. Jace McClellan was coming on super strong. Like, he's another one that will probably get touches. And then Trey Sanders just right. hasn't really been what everyone kind of thought he would be. Well, he didn't um, win he that high in. freshman year, right? Yeah, he came in. <laughs> didn't he say he was going to do that? He did. He said okay. he was going to win the Heisman as a freshman. Uh, didn't work mm. out. Well, unless he invents a time machine, I don't know that he's going to win that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Zach Evans at Ole Miss. Um, Man, I love Zach Evans. I love the fit. They, they're another mm-hmm. team with so many moving parts with Jackson Dart coming over from USC. Zach Evans. Uh, I think coming just over. That, take Ole Miss out of it. Just look at it, Zach Evans. I think, I think he would have gone anywhere and thrived. Agreed. Agreed. That's that's yeah. the kind of talent I think he is, and I feel like Ole Miss just makes it even more exciting. One hundred percent agree. It's going to be fun watching Lane Kiffin and those guys this year. So. Uh, <laughs> 10 through 6, we've got Tank Bigsby, Tavion Thomas, uh, Charbonnet, Blake Corum, and Braylon Allen. Um, how do you like this group? Um, what's funny is I like Evans more than some of these guys, uh, if, if I'm being honest. But Tavion Thomas, that's like we talked about last pod, like Utah is just well, that team that just churns out wins, most importantly. But like – he had 1,100 yards last last year, 21 touchdowns. Now, I don't know if he duplicates 21 touchdowns, but, man, that's hard yeah. to ignore. Yeah. I like Evans. Um, there's a couple, like, awful situations here with these running backs that scares mm-hmm. me. So, Charbonnet um, I like, too, a lot. Yeah. So – at Auburn with the whole coaching situation there. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing at Michigan where Harbaugh, I think kind of thought he had the, the Vikings job and, you know, lost his OC, I think went to Miami and um, yeah, you wonder if it's stale and you wonder how it's going to play out. And then you've also got the uh, uber talented Donovan Edwards, who's also on our top 50 right now. Um, they ran the ball a lot. Will that continue? Um, just some questions there at Auburn and Michigan. I don't know exactly how it'll play out, but uh, I agree with you on the Zach Evans thing. And uh, we'll see how that plays out as rankings shift like, over time. Bixby, I've never really, and this might sound stupid, like I, for some reason I look at Auburn backs, and there's always a good one. It seems like when Malzon was there, there was always a guy you should get. It's just, <laughs> I was always too late to get him. Yeah. So it didn't matter. So I was always playing catch up there. But like Bigsby, good back. I yep. just don't know. 
I just don't know if I, if I'm faced with Bigsby or Evans, I don't know that there's ever a situation I'm taking Bigsby. In terms of talent wise or just production and fantasy just in, in general, like if you're asking, if I did 10 best ball mock drafts, whatever, between now and the end of May, I don't know that I'm taking Bigsby if I if if my next pick is up and both of those guys are sitting there. Yeah. I don't know that I take Bigsby. But like right, we've got them 10 and 11, so that's not really that far fetched. But I'm just saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Gibbs. Gibbs could hop over yeah. both. Oh, with Gibbs. Like yeah. I remember um Gibbs in the first best ball that I did. I think he went like fifth overall or something like that. Sixth overall. Yep. Which isn't really isn't crazy. If you really think like you really have to love him, but I think, I think people cooled on him for a little bit, and now people are heating back up to him again. Like, oh, all these reports are coming out that Saban likes him, all this stuff, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I hope he likes him. He transferred there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the best thing we have to go off of. We yeah. don't get uh, published depth charts and injury reports in college football, so. Oh, we talked about it on the other pod. I know you were listening. <laughs> yeah. So at number five, we've got Rasheen Ali. Mm. 28 fantasy points per game as a freshman. Um, and he's in at number five. Mm. Number four, we've got Sweet Lou Nichols the third from Central Michigan. Oh, Jim McElwain. So two, mm. 28 points a game for him, too. Um killed it last year he is one where i have in the home league home league deep deep regret for not drafting him um had a okay so buddy kind of snake him a little bit a couple so picks with before Nichols, we've talked about him on the other pod and we all were kind of in an agreement like even though we we like him he's good i just don't know that we're taking him before ali for one um like what for? Well, he had 341 carries last year. Do you think he has that many carries again this year? That's Probably. a lot. Probably. <laughs> that really? is a lot. Like McElwain's kind of known for that kind of stuff. I yeah, I just don't would. know. Like that's a lot of carries, and I don't know if. I mean, maybe he does. I. I don't know. I, I think Ali. I would take Ali before I took Nichols. But again, it's not far fetched either because it's four and five. But um, I don't know. You're higher on Nichols than I am, but I'm not like down on him or anything. I just, I think I would take Ali. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, well, so I'm not going to count on what's that 300. I'm just going to do this in math. 341 divided by 13. He had 26 carries a game. That's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot yep. of carries. So yeah. And the last, Oh, last four games, 43 carries, 32 carries, 44 carries, 30. Goodness. <laughs> Some Derrick Henry type stuff. Goodness gracious. That's a lot. Yeah. But his we, body, I mean, he's 5'10", 220, according to this. That's a lot of yep. running back. He's a big dude. He's got and, some speed. And then, and then the opposite there in Deuce Vaughn. <laughs> Deuce Vaughn. Yeah, number three. <laughs> <laughs> number three, who is not 5'10", 220. All right. He is what five six one seventy five. <laughs> <laughs> like he reminds me a lot. Like I know I did that D'Anthony Thomas for uh, comparison for A Chain earlier, but like Deuce Vaughn makes me think of 
like obviously like Sproles. That's the yeah. easy that's the easy comparison at Kansas State. But like more like I was thinking more like a like a Dree Archer or True. from Kent State, like the the same size, and he just lit it up. Now Kansas doing it at Kansas State's a little more impressive than doing it at Kent. You just need to keep going with that, man. You gotta work Dree Archer into every pod that you can. Have you heard you heard me say him and do another one too? Did I? Yes. I think I may. I think I may have. But I have a little checklist here starting for the next one. Okay, so I gotta <laughs> throw him in there too. So, but no, I think uh, Deuce Vaughn. I've drafted him pretty highly. Um, I think he's awesome, but I, his size concerns me, like longevity wise. Like we're talking about Lou Nichols getting three hundred and whatever carries in the season. Like if. Deuce Vaughn had 235. That seems like a lot for his size and 50 catches on top of it. He's short, but I, I think he's heavier than you're giving him credit for. Well, I'm just looking at what it says. 173 is what it says, but he might be he might be closer to 190. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Five, six. If he's 200 pounds, then he's like a brick. I don't think he's 200 <laughs> So at the top, uh, the top two – We've got uh, Bijan Robinson, number two, debatable for sure. Um, and then Travion Henderson, number one for Ohio State, which, um, you know, I'm fully bought into the Ohio State offense. Yeah, I think obviously as everyone I feel like should be. Yeah, I think I think it's fair where you have them. I don't I think it's fair to argue to flip them. Um, I think yeah. Travion Henderson, especially in Dynasty. Yeah. You've got you. You know you've got him two years. Yep. Um, Bijan's um, probably gone. I, I would be willing to bet a lot of money that he's gone after this season. Um. Yeah, for sure. And the point you made too, though, that you kind of have to consider with fantasy is: does Travion play into the second half of a lot of these games where yeah. they could have big leads? Ugh, yeah, he might have he might have 180 there. yards and three touchdowns in the first yeah. half too. Totally so, might. Yeah. like Stroud is, he could have six touchdowns or two. Yep. Because Henderson might have four. It's just I, that offense is. We say this all the time. Ohio State's just going to be a juggernaut until they're not. <laughs> right. But, but I think if anything, if we saw anything last year as a true freshman, he was arguably a top five running back, top three running back on just pure ability last year. 100%. So if you guys have not messed with any of these rankings before, this is a searchable table. So you can, um, if you're watching, you can see the little search box there. You can always search for a certain player. Certainly comes in handy when there's, uh, you know, more than 50 on the list. And we've got you know, thousands in here eventually. Um, but um, yeah, that's it. We also have... Um, you know, a little breakdown of the tiers and some strategy for the draft. A couple guys were stocked down on, a few that were stock up. Um, and next week we'll be talking about receivers and uh, feel great about where we have the rankings ready to get those launched here in the coming days. And then whenever yeah. you and I can connect, Zach, we'll uh, meet up, chat about it, talk out a few things. But um yeah, that's what's coming next. All right, before we forget, also, if you have not already, subscribe to the channel, um, the CFB Dynasty. 
channel on YouTube. Um, also follow the CFB Dynasty podcast, as well as the podcast I host, Burning the Red Shirt podcast. So Heck thought yeah. I'd throw that in there. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, that's a good call out. It de- definitely makes a big difference. But uh, we appreciate it, you guys. We've got some big things coming for the future. Um, really excited about our predictive algorithm that launches. Um fully this year and we did a lot of testing with it every week last year and um i think week four we'll be launching that that way there's you know three weeks of data that can help power the algorithm but it'll factor in vegas metrics it'll factor in um weather uh for the given stadium and uh yeah i love the weather um how you can implement it into the algorithm it will be fun. Um, all right. Well, any feedback you guys have would be would be fantastic. Otherwise, hope you guys have a great rest of the week, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Zach. Later, guys. See ya.